Where are these two tables? See if you can figure out where these two tables are located. From the first table comes instruction. From the second, the power to live the instruction. From the first table, hearts are consoled. From the second, hearts are healed. From the first table, mysteries are explained. From the second, mysteries are experienced. From the first table, sins are revealed. From the second, sins are forgiven. From the first table, the light shines on our lives. From the second, the light enters us, body and soul. So where are these two tables? The answer is right in front of you. Literally, they are at this moment right in front of you. The first table mentioned in that reflection is right here. It's otherwise known as the pulpit, the place from which the Word of God is preached and proclaimed. In fact, one of the documents of Vatican II, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy in paragraph 51, uses the expression, the table of God's Word, when speaking of the proclamation of the scriptures that takes place at Holy Mass. So I can't take credit for being original with the idea. The reflection I just shared with you on the two tables is original, but the idea of the pulpit as a kind of table actually comes from the official teaching of the Catholic Church, not from yours truly. The second table, of course, is right there. It is the altar, the altar of sacrifice, where the Holy Eucharist is consecrated, where Jesus Christ becomes present to us and for us, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, which we just heard in today's Gospel, this miracle foreshadowed the nourishment that Jesus would give us from this second table. That's why the reading is done on this Sunday, Corpus Christi Sunday. And so if someone asks you the question, what's the definition of the Mass? You could say to them that the Mass is the place where God's people are nourished from two tables. And you would be right in saying that. Now you probably would have to explain what you meant by that to the person, but it would be an accurate definition. Incidentally, this is one reason why it is so spiritually harmful to be chronically late for Mass. Everyone can be late once in a while, the kids at home drive you crazy, whatever. There, there are legitimate reasons, as we know. I'm talking about being chronically late. For proper spiritual nourishment, we need the food that comes to us from both of these tables, not just from one. And so when you are consistently late for Mass, missing all of the Liturgy of the Word, or even part of it on a regular basis, you are depriving yourself of the spiritual nourishment that comes to you from this first table. You are weakening, or at least you are failing to strengthen your personal faith. Remember what it says in Romans 10, in a very important line from St. Paul's writings. Paul says, 
Faith comes by hearing. Hearing is so important in the process of getting our faith built up. Faith comes by hearing, and what is heard is the word of Christ. Some Catholics have this idea, a crazy idea, that the Bible is for Protestants, and the sacraments are for Catholics, and the Eucharist is for Catholics. So the first part of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Word, when we focus on the Scriptures, well, it really isn't all that important. That is so wrong. I hope nobody here thinks this way. But if you do, please hear this. For Catholics, it is not either the Bible or the sacraments. For real Catholics who know and accept the truths of their faith, it is the Bible and the sacraments. That's why entering into both parts of the Mass is so crucial. The same point, therefore, is to be made about those who leave Mass early. You didn't think I'd leave them out, did you? <laughs> right after communion. You know, they call it communion for a reason. We are supposed to commune, literally at that time, with Jesus, with the Jesus whom we have just received. Now, because these people don't take the time to commune with the Lord in prayer after they receive his body and blood, they are depriving themselves of the nourishment that comes to them from this second table. Which brings me back to the reflection I shared at the very beginning of my homily. I started off by saying, from the first table comes instruction. From the second, the power to live the instruction. If we are only being nourished from one of these tables during Mass, either we will not know the truth as we should, because we will miss out on the instruction God is giving us that day through His Holy Word, or we will know the truth in our mind, but lack the power to live it. The power that comes from a worthy reception of Holy Communion, a fruitful reception of Holy Communion. Or, I also should add this, the power that comes from a spiritual communion. And I say that for the benefit of those who, for one reason or another, cannot receive physically. Do you know, we have many people, a number of people, who come to Mass every Sunday here at St. Pius, who are not Catholic. They practice the Catholic faith better than a lot of Catholics do. One woman is Jewish. God bless her. Hallelujah. She's here faithfully with her husband. Others cannot receive communion for other reasons. You can't receive physically, but you can receive spiritually. When others are receiving the body and blood of the Lord and you come up for your blessing, with your arms crossed in this fashion, ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. That's what a spiritual communion is all about. And I believe he will, if you are properly disposed. The second point of that reflection was rendered as follows. From the first table, hearts are consoled. From the second, hearts are healed. If you say yes in your heart to the Word of God that's proclaimed from the pulpit at Mass, you will experience consolation. And that's true even if the priest gives a tough message, which I've been known to do on rare occasions. Even if the scriptures are tough that day with a hard, challenging message. Because if you accept it, if you take it to heart, it will lead you to repentance. And sincere repentance brings consolation and peace. 
The Eucharist, on the other hand, not only brings us a message of consolation, it actually brings us the grace of consolation, since Jesus, the Consoler, is present there sacramentally. And that consolation brings healing into our hearts. It can also, at times, bring healing to our bodies. There are people, many people, who have experienced physical healings after receiving the Holy Eucharist. The third point I made was this one. From the first table, mysteries are explained. From the second, mysteries are experienced. Divine mysteries are the truths of our faith. They're called mysteries for a reason. It's because they relate to God, about whom we can understand a lot of things, but our understanding of God is always partial. It is not complete. There is always something mysterious about our relationship with the Lord. The fourth point was this one. From the first table, sins are revealed. From the second, sins are forgiven. Have you ever been convicted of a sin when you heard a particular homily or a script, particular scripture reading during Mass? If you have not, you haven't been listening. I get convicted all the time, you know, which is really great if I have the good sense to repent of my sin afterward. And that repentance can actually bring me forgiveness during Mass itself, if I do repent sincerely after I receive Holy Communion. You know, many Catholics are not aware of the fact that the Eucharist does have the potential to bring us forgiveness for our sins if we have the right disposition in our heart when we receive. That's great news, is it not? Of course, I must add this point, this is only for venial sins. Any mortal sins we have do need to be brought into the confessional. I had to make sure I threw in that little qualifier, important qualifier. Finally, I said in my meditation, from the first table, the light shines on our lives. From the second, the light enters us, body and soul. This reminds us of something very important. As Catholics, we do not have to go through this life like so many people do out there in the world. We don't have to go through this life confused about who we are and what life is all about, and where we're going, and what God expects of us while we're here on earth. We can know all of that. We can have that light if we listen to and internalize the message of God's revealed Word. And we can have the power to live this way, to live in the light of God's truth, if we worthily receive the light, the eternal light, Jesus, in the Eucharist on a regular basis and are open in our hearts to the graces of the sacrament. All this having been said, let me conclude my homily this morning by sharing with you my personal prayer for this Mass. I always have something I focus on during the liturgy that I'm really praying for. Well, my personal prayer is that all of us here present will be two-table Catholics. May the Lord make us all two-table Catholics. Catholics, in other words, who are fully nourished 
and fully equipped to know the faith, to live the faith, and to spread the faith, especially to the spiritually malnourished people that all of us encounter each and every day out there in the world.